0: Good morning, Northside. And again, we welcome you here as we have our time of virtual worship and look forward to next week where we'll be back together or many of us and also those who will be joining us on the live stream. Again, it's our desire to come and worship together, united in Christ. Again, let me say happy Mother's Day to many of you and just the opportunity that we have to say thank you. We're continuing our study in Haggai chapter two, verses one through nine. So, as you're turning there in your Bibles, let me tell you a story about a man named Frank Bradish. It was uh, given a few years ago in People magazine, and is talking about a young man who found himself in the middle uh, of a battle where he was tested. And this is what it says: Private Bradish's military prowess and his compassion were tested on the night of February 27th when his M3A1 cavalry fighting vehicle, which was in Iraq territory, was hit by enemy tank and machine gun fire. One of the crewmen died instantly in the 30-minute long attack. And although Bradish was seriously wounded in both thighs and the tip of his right index finger was taken, Bradish courageously set about rescuing his surviving buddies. And under continuous fire, he and the tank's driver fought off the Iraqis until helped Arrived. Now, he answers this because he becomes known as a hero by the time that he comes home. And this is what he says. I didn't know about this hero stuff until I got to Germany. And I was talking to my mom on the telephone and she said, you're a big hero here. And he said, no way. I only did my job. That's part of my job. In the line of duty, it says you got to perform this way and you got to do that. It doesn't mean that after you get shot, that your duty's over. You just get slowed down. To me, that's what it means. But my duty ain't over until I'm discharged from the army. I ain't proud of any of it. There's nothing to be proud of. It was just a job I did. Now I tell that story to kind of give us an emphasis because we find ourselves in the midst of Haggai where the people are becoming frustrated as they work on the temple. It's starting to become mundane to them. And so Haggai comes and he gives them a word of encouragement. So listen to Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Sitiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? Yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all the nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. For the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. And the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to this passage of Scripture. We need Haggai to speak these words to us. We need to be encouraged. Lord, we need to hear that you are with us, Lord, whether we are your children or, Lord, for those who don't know you. Lord, speak to us very clearly this morning. Allow us to truly become strong and courageous, not fearing man, or the things that we encounter knowing full well that our strength comes from the Lord and Lord may you receive all glory and honor and Lord may it truly be said that there is future glory that is to come that is far greater than the former glory that was found back then so father truly change us to look more like our savior for this we pray in Christ's name amen The first point we're going to look at is the frustrations that the people of God find themselves, and it's found in verses 1 through 3. So the first thing that we recognize is that Haggai is giving four sermons in this book. He gives one to stir the people, and so the people come back to work, they start to work on the temple, but the other three sermons that Haggai is to give is to give encouragement to the people. Now why is that? Because of the daily routine, it becomes mundane. There's always that turn, that initial excitement that happens, and we get excited about things. But happens very often is that it's just the daily grind that continues, and so the things that seem very fun at the beginning or very exciting at the beginning become routine and they become tiresome. That could be true of even the pandemic we've had at the beginning. We could say we had fun at first, thinking it was a vacation. And so there were dances that were brought up. There were game nights that were brought about. There were movie marathons, and it seemed like a joy. But all too quickly, it becomes mundane. It becomes mundane of, I don't want to dance anymore. (laughs) I don't want to play this game one more time. I've watched everything that there is to watch. I cannot turn on the TV again. So what happens with initial excitement, it just becomes a daily grind. And when it becomes a daily grind to us, we become indifferent. And it doesn't mean that we do anything bad. It just means that most times we just quit doing it. We become tired. And so we just think, I just can't go on. So the reality for us is that really we are weaker than we think we are in regards to how we carry out our time in the world, but more specifically, how we do our time for the Lord. So it was mundane things going on, but it was also a busy time, for it says, In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai. Now, for us, that really doesn't mean a whole lot. It really, it's the September, October time for the people in that era. But I want you to think of it like this. Think of it like this is the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas for us. For as a time of festivals. So not only did you have the people out in, the, in their fields, but you had them having Sabbath rest. The Feast of Trumpets was during this time. The Day of Atonement and then the Feast of Booths. So you had all of this happening at the same time that they were supposed to be building the the temple. So a lot of times we understand that there's added pressure during the time of holidays. There's added requirements. There's time commitments. It becomes hectic for us. And so it's the same thing for the people of God. And they probably said, this is just not a good time. Can we wait and do it later? So you have the mundane of it becoming just a daily grind. You have the busyness of the holiday season. But then there's also an added thing where there's a discouragement where Haggai begins to talk about those of those who were left among you who saw this house in the former glory. And so what happens is there begins a comparison because the older people start to compare the temple of old to the way it looked now. And so they begin to have this comparison with the young. And so he says, how does this look now? And so what happens is there's a disappointment with those who are older. How far have we fallen from the glory of old? There's weeping from the older people. Oh, if we just had those glory days. And we all understand that. We all go through those moments. Of, if only it was like before the pandemic. If only this was like it was in the olden days. Oh, those were the glory days. But when we do that, we miss the present. We miss the opportunities of where we are now. We miss the opportunities of how God is allowing us to use the means and the ways now. There are opportunities that we have within the, the neighborhoods that we've never had before. There are opportunities that you have in regards to social media. There's opportunities that you have in your zoom meetings there's opportunities that you have with on school with um, homeschooling opportunities you have all these kind of things that are going on and do we use it or do we allow it just to talk and just say well the good old days when we used to have phones that were tied to the wall and by a cord so you don't miss the opportunities that god is giving to us because we have to remind ourselves that the church is important for every time. Not allow it to become unimportant. Not to allow it to become something that is just put to the side. We cannot say in the midst of this, I'm done. I quit. It's over. I no longer have anything to do or anything to say to the people around me. God has given us more opportunities than you can ever dream or imagine. So we have the frustrations that come about, and we get it. It's mundane, it's busy, people talk and discourage us. But it's the Lord through Haggai who comes and tells us to persevere in verses 4 through 5. It's a call to persevere. And he tells us, and he says, be strong. And the first one that he tells us to be strong is the leadership. Now, I want you to understand that, again, one of the best times that I've ever heard about leadership in regards to the church was at a pastor's installation. And it was one of the ruling elders who was speaking to the congregation. And he said, I want you to think about this. Every one of you goes through one major trial every year, at least one major one. And he says, now I want you to take that and then understand that the pastor has to deal with not only his own personal trial, Within that of every family unit in the church. It's the same with our ruling elders and our deacons. They have their own personal issues that they're dealing with. They have to worry about the pandemic. They have to worry about getting their toilet paper. They have to worry about taking care of their homes, taking care of their relatives. But not only that, they're, they're also called to the church. They're also called to minister to the people to be about praying for not only their family, but the family that's in the church. They see they have to love not only their family, but they have to love the church and they give themselves. And so a lot of times it becomes a thing if we allow it to go within our own strength, it becomes a burden. Ah, I've got to go over here again. This person's calling me one more time. This person doesn't even like me, but they still expect me to drop off food. I'm done. Or do we see it as what God's given it to us as, as a privilege? Do we say, God has given me the opportunity to be a part, not only of my family, but a part of the family that we have the opportunity to minister and to love and to give. See, that's what is called to be a servant leader in the church. But he also has a call to perseverance to the people. And again, at this point in the scripture, remember, Haggai said those people. Now he says it's my people. It's the people of the remnant, the ones that have come back. And so we understand that from last week, it's a thing of issue of repentance and repairing our relationship to God. And what does he say after he calls us to persevere? He says, work. It's simple and to the point. Be strong and work. Do the things that God has called you to do. But we do ask the question of why, why do I need to be strong? And God gives us through Haggai the understanding. First of all, he speaks about the covenant relationship. We need to remember the past. And God said, remember how he delivered us out of Egypt and against all odds God provided the strength, the ability, the leadership. He was the one who brought us out of Egypt. Not Moses, not Joshua. It certainly wasn't Pharaoh. It was God who was doing the leading. And so he's the one who says, remember. And it's the question to us. Do we remember how God has taken care of you and your family in the past? Remember the things that God has done. And not only remember, but then understand that it's a relationship so the father comes to encourage his children. And we get that. We have our children that have said all the time, I can't do this. And it's us as parents who come alongside and said, yes, you can. You can do this. And we do it through a process. So the kids see us, us do it. Then we do it while the kids are with us. Then we have the kids do it while we're with them. And then we watched them do it and accomplish the things that they thought they never could. It's the same with the ministry. It's the same thing that God gave to us. He said, I, Jesus, have come to do this. And then Jesus did it while the disciples were with him. And then he told the disciples to go and do the ministry while Jesus was there to encourage. And then he says, now go and do as I have done. So it's the same thing that God is telling us because God knows what we need He knows what we need at the perfect time and he transforms us. He transforms our thinking, he transforms our heart, and he transforms our actions. 2 Corinthians 13 verses 3 through 4 talks about this. He's not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For he was crucified in weakness, but Jesus lives by the power of God. That... Is the God that comes and says, Remember that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the last thing that he tells us in regards to this, he says, I am with you. God is here. Mark six, fifty, it's the scene where Jesus walks on the water, and the people the disciples are out there in the boat and they're scared and they think it's a ghost. And what does Jesus have to say to them? Take heart. It is I, do not be afraid because the reality is we should fear not anything because we have the presence of god now we know we need to not fear because we have the right person because again it doesn't matter that we have people who are with us all the time sometimes they could be the wrong person so if my son comes to me and says we're going to have a basketball game against professional basketball players i'm not the right guy but if michael jordan comes And says that he's going to play with my son against the other players. Then he has the right person. God for us is always the right person. He is the one who never fails us. He is the one who is all powerful. And so there's never any opposition that we have to worry about. None. And so it doesn't matter how bad things get, it doesn't matter how mundane, it doesn't matter how busy our lives get, it doesn't matter how people speak against us or there's disappointment with the things that are going on, he comes and he says, be strong, do the work that I've set before you, for I am with you. Remember that he is always here, always here. And then the third thing he does is he gives us his strength, verses 6 through 9, and he says he's going to shake, he's going to shake the world. Now, why does he do that? Because we have to remember that it's God who is our strength. It's the, we have to sing the song of, I need thee every hour. Lord, I need thee every hour. Oh, how we need thee. Because God's going to bring about his glory. Now, I want you to think about this a little bit different because, again, these people would have understand God's glory where it was seen. So, we had the tabernacle that ultimately becomes the temple that becomes Christ, that we become then the temples of the Lord. But at this point, when they were talking about the tabernacle, if you remember, the tabernacle was set in the middle of the camp. And then the 12 tribes were centered, were, were then surrounding that camp. And so they would each have their own individual fires except on the Sabbath night. And on the Sabbath night, every family had to put out their own personal fires and only the light from the Lord brought it so it was an encouraging thing because god was the thing that was present you could see it and in some ways maybe even feel it but yet we live in a day where we don't get to see him and so it becomes very easy to say well where is he where is his strength where is he in the midst of this pandemic? See, we have to fix our wrong thinking. It's just like the people back in Exodus 30, 32, where they they built the golden calf. Moses goes up. He's up there just a little too long. They think they can do it within their own strength. So what do they do? They built a false idol. And they build this golden calf And as Moses comes down, God gets to the place where he says, I'm going to wipe them all out, and I'm going to take you, Moses. I'm going to take you, and I'm going to build this great people. But Moses intercedes for the people. Lord, may this not be. You show your strength and your mercy and your grace to the people fresh and new. Because, again, it's not in a tent. It's not in a building. It's not in this church. It's God moving. He's the one. We see in Isaiah chapter 6. Where Isaiah encounters the throne of the Lord. And it says this starting at verse one. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. And with two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth Is full of his glory. And it said, The foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. So there's the reality that again, God is the glory that is overwhelming. It's the thing that fills the temple. And Isaiah is overwhelmed just by seeing him and the thresholds are shook. Because of the greatness and the holiness of our God. But what does God ask of Isaiah? Who will do the work? And Isaiah responds, here am I. Send me. So we have God's glory that we have to go and work But we also have the Lord of hosts. And we saw it in Isaiah. We see it mentioned many times here in Haggai. So what does it mean that God is the Lord of hosts? It means that he's sovereign over all of creation. The God who spoke all of the planets into existence is the God who cares about the hairs on your head. He is over all creation. He is over all armies. He's over all wealth, all gold, all silver is his. Everything is at his beck and call. He can take the wind and let it be gentle upon your cheek and use it to put boards through your house. Everything is his. And because everything is his, we have assurance. We are assured of the coming kingdom. It will come. He will not be thwarted. God wins. He wins. And so we can be assured that God will use any means because they're all his. And he can use a little child. He can use a pandemic. He can use uh, Xboxes. He can use whatever to bring about his glory, his honor, his kingdom, because he does it. And so he humbles us. And that's the thing that he does. Remember, he humbles Jesus for us. Why? To give us peace. For that's the thing that we need more than anything. And for us, it comes through Jesus Christ. Because it was Jesus who fulfilled the covenant. That covenant of bringing him out of Egypt, Jesus is the one who fulfills the covenant on our behalf. He's the one who shed his blood. He's the one who appeased the wrath of God. He's the one who brings us peace. And that's why the Bible can say that the former glory doesn't matter. The temple doesn't matter how it looks or it doesn't match up to what Solomon built because Jesus is the one who comes he is the greater and as he's the greater we have to understand that he still calls us to go out and to work and we have to have the mindset of the long haul because it's not always going to be easy things can be hard this pandemic is hard Us coming back next week is going to be hard, and there's going to be weird things, and there's going to be odd things going on between people. It's not going to be easy, and this hasn't been fixed quickly. Eight weeks plus. We could be looking at years, they say, but it doesn't matter because in Christ we can do all things. And maybe he doesn't bring things in our life that we always want, but he always is faithful. And so he says to us, I know you're tired. I know you can be overwhelmed. You can be busy. You might not think this is the right time, but he comes through us, through the prophet Haggai, and he tells us, Be strong. Be strong. Get your strength and your courage from the Lord, for he is with you. And then he tells you to keep working. Continue to build his kingdom. Because even the gates of hell cannot prevail against the word of the Lord going forth. So continue to preach. Continue to preach the good news to everyone that has ears around you. Continue to heal the sick. Those who are struggling through this pandemic... Be there for them. Set captives free. Those who are anxious and overwhelmed and and feel like they can't come out anymore, encourage them. Be with them. Love them. Be the church that we are called to be. For you are the temple of the Lord. And he sends us into the world. So be encouraged, church. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is with us to do the work that he's called us to do. May we forever be found faithful to his call. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, thank you for the words of Haggai. For we need to hear them today. Father, we too... Become tired. Things become mundane and routine. And we're busy. And the way we get beat up from those within the church and those outside of the church, we can become discouraged, ready to quit. And so, Father, even in the midst of this pandemic, we need to hear the words to be strong to be strong because you are with us by the Holy Spirit you are with us and you create us to be your temple and you send us you send us to do the work of the kingdom Father may we never grow tired may we never continue to offer excuses may we never quit in doing the things that are right and good And that bring you the most glory and honor. So Father, use us. Use us. But thank you more than anything that you are with us to the very ends of the earth. And so we rest. And we trust in that assurity. That you're coming back. And you come back as the conquering king. For every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen.